we're all born with having unconditional love for our bodies. It's just society and culture that causes us to forget. Um, through really reclaiming that, I felt it was my responsibility um, and my purpose to really share the tools that have helped me um, to feel good in my body. If I lose those 20 pounds and get back to my pre-pandemic weight, clearly I will not be the same woman that I was before the pandemic, post the pandemic. I don't want to wear my clothes. Hello. Dial Nation, and welcome back to another podcast episode. It's your girl, Katie Allen, here. I am super excited. So it's crazy how when you really put your mind, heart, and soul into something, and you just bunker down and just like, fuck this, and you let go of the mental gremlins, how life can fucking shift. (laughs) in a moment. It's so crazy. And I feel like it's taken me this, I'm sure this is going to happen over and over and over, but it's like, wow, this is what I've been working for, like years and years of practicing all of those habits and self-love and unconditional self-worth and all that. Like, don't give up, don't stop, because it will get you exactly where you're trying to go. So I'm super excited for today's episode because that's exactly the conversation that I have with one of my friends, Lizzie Cangro, who is an expert nutritionist turned author. Um, Lizzie, we met in a community group that we're in together and she just like reached out and was like, hey, I wrote this fucking book and I think we need to talk about it on your podcast. And I was like, yes, I am obsessed with with reading books. And a couple years ago, pre-pandemic, I had this dream, do have this dream of owning a house one day that has a dedicated library. So I love books. I've always loved books. And I committed to not, I used to read on my Apple books and on devices. And a couple years ago, I switched to like, nope, I'm just going to read real books, printed books, and I want to have a whole library. Like, that's just something that's so amazing and fascinating and relaxing for me. So when Lizzie reached out and was like, hey, I'm a nutritionist, but as with most of the things that we teach and learn, we realize a mindset is fucking everything. And I say this all the time. And I think it's why, like last week, I did a whole episode on how to wear non-skinny jeans. And I was like, why don't I do more episodes like this? And more people reached out and they were like, you should do more style episodes too. And I was like, I think the reason I shy away, even though I hear you and I'd like to get more balance too. I think the reason I shy away from it is just like what Lizzie learned, what I learned is that it's all fucking mindset. So like I can give you strategies all day for how to wear things and what to wear with what and make sure you get your wedge loafers to go with your new non-skinny jeans and they should head at your ankle or the um, skim the flat of your foot. But without the mindset, like you don't give a shit about any of that. Like in theory, it sounds great because you tell yourself that you don't get dressed because you don't know what to do, but it's not true. It's not true. It's all the other shit that we tell ourselves that we don't even know we're telling ourselves. 
And I say, and this because it's, I am you, <laughs> you are me. Like we're all doing it. We all just do it in different areas of our life. For me, it's food. So you guys know I talk about this all the time and I'm working with someone on my nutrition constantly because that's just the one space where I love to have accountability. So that's why I thought it was so interesting when Lizzie was like, I've been doing this work and I realize it's all mindset. And she wrote this amazing book called Reclaim the Rebel. It's the rebellious acts of taking back your life one piece at a time, right? So like the rebellious act of reclaiming your mindset, reclaiming your nutrition, reclaiming how you dress. She's like, I think you really like that chapter. <laughs> um, and her thing is just her focus really is that inner mean girl, like that voice inside of her head, which I like to refer to as little bitch energy, right? Like every time that little bitch pops up and she's like, you can't do that. Um, you're not allowed to do that. Like, who are you to do that? Right? So I am so here for this conversation. I think it was a really good one. Also, what really intrigued me about Lizzie is what truly sparked this journey for her was a spray tan, <laughs> a spray tan, and how she had been correlating like her, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but like her self-worth journey, who she was, her identity was wrapped up into this version of herself that had a spray tan in South LA or South California, because LA South, right? I'm sure my West Coasters are like freaking out right now. Sorry, but you know, East Coast till I die. <laughs> Um, and how when the pandemic hit and everything shut down and she couldn't get that spray tan and it catapulted her into this whole direction. And out of that came a fucking book with the 12 rebellious acts of that you can do to reclaim the rebel. It's such a fun book. It's such a fun title. I love the word rebel. Um, and I love this book and I love her attitude and her mindset on life so much that I have partnered with Lizzie to give the first five members in the Style Squad, because it's launching next week. The first women that's five women that sign up for the Style Squad will get a free copy of Lizzie's book. Super, super excited for that, along with other amazing bonuses. This is just one of the many bonuses. I have lots of fun juice up my sleeve. So if you're listening to this <laughs> and you're feeling like you know, fuck, I see where I've been holding myself back. I see where I've been telling myself I can't do something. Or my favorite is like, you hear yourself say, I could never, right? I remember saying that like on repeat, especially around launching this podcast. Launching this podcast was the first thing I did that scared me so much that then I was like, well, fuck, if I can launch a podcast, then like I could do this. Oh, I could start a business. Oh, I could do this, right? It's the very first thing. So if you hear yourself saying like, I could never, or I could never, or how can I do that? Or who am I to? Then that's what I'm creating the Style Squad for. I'm creating this for women who are high achieving, who have big goals, who are ready to release that little bitch energy voice inside of their head that's telling them that they can't and replace those, I could never with how can I? And how can I is the community that I'm building. The how can I, because we don't know everything, right? You only know what you know. You don't know what you don't know, right? Now, once you know something, you can't unknow it. But like when you're going through, you need to know who to reach out with. And I think that's the most powerful thing about community. Hands down, 
I would say outside of myself, obviously, because I got to really working on this, right? Believing in myself and knowing that I could do something. Every little bit and piece of my success is attributed to the communities and the people that I surround myself with. If my circle wasn't airtight, I would not be sitting here today going into it. It's the third year of podcasting, the second year, third year heading into the third year of business, running a successful business by myself in my fucking 40s. If I did not keep my circle airtight, okay? My community is the reason I am sitting here right now. I share my stories on this um, in my email, but in case you're not on the email list, like the day I got fired from a job of 11 years, the women in my community were like, congratulations. Now it's time for you to like do what you're really supposed to be doing with your life because it's not that. You're miserable. Like I know you know you're miserable and you were miserable. The scariest thing ever in the world. And I am you. I was the breadwinner of my family. I have two kids. I, I you know, have all these responsibilities. I have a mortgage. I had the same things. But I was so fucking determined to figure it out. And I just did it piece by piece by piece. And open communication with my husband and my fucking community, like ad nauseum communication <laughs> was how I got here, was how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? And just staying fucking curious. It's not easy. It's super not easy. And that's why I'm building this community. And this isn't I. everyone needs to go start a business community. This is women who want more out of their lives, who on paper look great, but want more out of their lives. You're allowed to want more. Maybe you don't f- feel totally fulfilled with the checklist that society gave you to be a mom, get a job, um, whatever. Don't be a mom, don't get a job, like whatever. Whatever your checklist is that was handed down to you from your parents, their parents, their parents, right? This community is the linchpin and breaking that, right? We're going to pull all the layers back. I am so fucking excited. I need this more than anyone. This is why I'm creating it. This is why like, I am head down every day like in this, building it, um, ideating on what this could be. And I'm so fucking excited. And I'm so excited to have women like Lizzie and my other um, podcast friends who have been on the podcast before to support me in this journey and offering some amazing fucking fire bonuses. So tune into today's episode to learn all about what it means to reclaim your rebel. And if you're ready to reclaim that rebel, sign up for the Style Squad waitlist. So the Style Squad waitlist, um, katiejuststyled.com backslash squad. Get on the waitlist. Everyone that's on the waitlist for this community to go live is going to get early access, special pricing, special bonuses. Um, Like I said, the first five people to register will get a copy of this book. It's going to be juicy. And this isn't one of those big masterminds where it's thousands of dollars to join this community. This is a community membership. I want it to be super fucking accessible. I want everyone to know that feeling, um, to tap into the power that you are, right? To know that you can do anything, to have a woman say to you, well, why can't you start a podcast? Here's how you do it. Like, that's what someone did for me. So this community is $37 a month. If you get on the wait list, there will be some fun, special um, pricing for anyone on the wait list. And $37 a month, or if you want it, there's a quarterly plan in there, so you can get a discount if you buy, um, sign up for a quarter at a time. And then the yearly plan, like 
literally no shit, $367. It's two months for free. Change your life. <laughs> like if anyone in hindsight would have said, Katie, you're going to pay, join this community and it's, and you're going to leave your corporate job and you're going to start a business. And guess what? You and your husband together are going to make more money than you ever made by yourself in your corporate job and you're miserable. I would have told them that they were batshit fucking crazy and there was no way, but I'm still going to pay just in case. <laughs> so this is unfucking believable value. We'll be focusing on lifestyle. Of course, there's going to be style pieces to it. We're going to do fun pop-up surprise, hot seat style, um, styling. Like, I really want this to be a fun, fun, fun space. Like, this is your squad. These are your people. This is where you get to be yourself and where you get to be vulnerable and say, hey, I really want to learn about this. Like, how can I do this? Like, I feel like stuck because I don't see another way right? One of the roadblocks I share a lot about is when my husband wanted to leave his corporate job too is health insurance. And we have a kid that needs special care. And I was like, how the fuck do we navigate this? And it was through other networks and other communities I was in that I learned about direct primary care. And I learned about these other things. And it was just, no one had ever told me that. And that information is not readily accessible. But if you are around the right people, you can find anything out that you want. And you could truly, truly create. This is when people say that annoying, like, in your thoughts, create your reality. They do. Because it's who you're around. It's what you're doing. It's your daily habits. It's what you're wearing. So I say it all the time. Like we're manifesting daily in our clothes. Ugh, so excited. I'm getting all, all jazzed up. But that's the energy, that juicy, iconic, iconic, quantum, epic, magnetic energy is the energy of the squad. So if that's the energy you're on, hop on that wait list. You can get a copy of Liz Lizzie's book today. You get to check her out in the episode. It's all the juice. katiejuststyle.com backslash squad. And I'll see you on the flip side to enjoy today's episode with Lizzie Cangro, expert nutritionist and author of Reclaim the Rebel. Lizzie, how do you spend your days? Well, first of all, I get up via a fairy alarm clock. So we have two cats <laughs> and the oldest one loves to wake me up by standing over me and meowing and pouring at my face. So I have a um, very cute alarm clock that sends me downstairs. And um, I always like to take time in my day at the start of my day as like sacred me time so I'll make myself breakfast and then I'll literally just like sit for half an hour don't look at my phone or check my emails or anything like that just sit be present um probably um have one of the cats at least <laughs> asking to be pet so I know that the cat's all over you <laughs> yeah yeah um which is super cute and um then I will actually get on with my day so um again like I take my time in the mornings to sort of like ease into work so I'll probably you know have a workout before I actually get into my full work day um and just like spend some time just honoring myself because I think as someone who was such a high achiever for most of my life, I woke up at like 5.30 in the morning, hit the ground running, um, you know, tried to like slam through my to-do list, answer all of the emails, all of the messages that were coming through. And by the end of the day, I was feeling so burnt out 
that I didn't have time, well, I didn't have the energy more to cook a healthy dinner, to spend time with the people that I loved. And I was just so burnt out and sluggish. So I really spent a good chunk of my morning just doing me time things that make me feel good. So whether or not that's a workout, making breakfast, um, you know, doing um, my hair, you know, really just kind of like the stuff that makes me feel good. And that changes from day to day. And then um, I get to work. So I have the privilege of being self-employed and um, being able to help women feel amazing in their bodies. So as a nutritionist, I have a lot of clients who come to me who um, are not necessarily where I am in Southern California. Um, So sometimes I'll have clients in the UK, which is where I'm originally from. um, And I'll tend to see those people in the morning just because of the time difference. Um, And then after lunch, I'll tend to have clients from the US, either East Coast or from the West Coast here in LA. So that's generally my work day is just seeing clients doing what I love. Um, And then in the evening, again, like I'll spend time cooking myself a nutritious meal. That's something that I really fills me up and makes me feel good, both in mind and body. Um, And then spend time with a husband and fur babies and spending time just kind of like catching up on the day and, you know, how we're both like checking in with each other as well, like having those conversations Mm -hmm. about how we're feeling um, and planning our next, (laughs) our next adventure. Now that COVID is um, easing up somewhat, um, we, we can travel now, which are things that we love to do. So we tend to kind of scheme and plan during the evening to what we want to do on our next adventure that's so juicy i think when you and i first connected i told you i wanted to go to italy so yes i'm just gonna keep saying it and saying it i'm gonna take some action on it it's gonna happen so i love that you guys do that yes and italy is my favorite european country i love italy i really want to go back there because we haven't been to europe since uh 2019 so it needs to happen it needs to happen maybe i'll see you there we can meet. yeah we can meet up (laughs) have the pizza (laughs) oh so juicy i love that so much i love how you said you start your morning now i was like are you like the uk version of me oh that's that's (laughs) like there was a point, even when I was recording this podcast, when I first started it in 2019, there was a point where I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning to just like do all the things. I knew that that was the end of that, but I was so doing it. And I was like, and I love how you rephrase it. You're like, oh, I didn't have time. No, rather, I didn't have the energy. Right. Anyway, it's super juicy. So that's what I really want to talk about today. So you're an expert nutritionist and an author which I'm super pumped. I really want to dig into your book and you have some really fun chapters in there that I want to get into. So tell us, and it's one of my favorite words too is, so just tell us the title of the book and a little bit about that. And then I want to get into the chapter on dressing up or dressing down. Yeah. Um, So Reclaim the Rebel um, is my book and it's essentially a guidebook for women, um, a best friend on your bookshelf to help you reclaim unconditional love for your body um, using rebellious acts in your nutrition, movement and mindset. And really that 
the inspirations of the book came from my own personal journey. You know, as I shared a little bit, I was somebody who um, really um, neglected myself both um, physically and emotionally um, for a very long time. And through kind of recovering from that and reclaiming that love for myself that we're all born with, we're all born with having unconditional love for our bodies. It's just society and culture that causes us to forget. Um, through really reclaiming that, I felt it was my responsibility um, and my purpose to really share the tools that have helped me um, to feel good in my body. So that is Reclaim Rebel. Mm, I love the word rebel. I don't think that I, people probably laugh when I say this. I don't think I identify with that word, even though like, I remember when I was doing the brand work for my business, my friend was like, well, your heat is that like, you love to follow the rules until you don't. <laughs> Rebel, I think. Um, super juicy. So I love this conversation so much because this is baked into what I do all the time. Um, one of the number one things I hear from women is like, Oh my God, I'd love to work with you, but I want to lose weight first. Mm-hmm. And it used to like get me fired up. And then I just was like, how do I get curious about what this means and what this does? And I've said that phrase a thousand, like insert a different person that I wanted to work with like a thousand times about my weight. Um, so I talk about that on my podcast a lot. I talk about my own uh, journey a lot. But I love what you said around, like, we're born with unconditional love and then society and culture fucks it up. I mean, you didn't say that, but that. <laughs> it's true. It's that. Yeah, it does. It fucks it up. Um, it takes us off this kind of like course. And it's it's a kind of, it's a journey to finding our path again. Hmm. What do you think? So like in the book, what's like one of the big points that you talk about of the fucking of it up and (laughs) like your like number one tip on how you got back on track. Right. So I feel like there's two aspects. There's the internal and there's the external environment that we surround ourselves with. So um, externally, I see weight loss is the number one thing that clients come to me about. Um, And again, like I get curious as to, what really they're trying to achieve and they're just people women just want to feel good in their bodies right Mm -hmm. and I say just not lightly um but it really boils down to wanting to feel good however we have this um thing called the diet industry that changes the goalpost tells us um this unrealistic standard for what beauty and um how we should should in inverted commas, look. Um, and it makes us feel like we're not good enough. And mm-hmm. they do this so that they can sell us things, right? That we're told and sold this um, way of being that we can't necessarily obtain. And the goalposts, as I say, are shifting all the time. And when we buy into this um, whole system of um, the diet industry's narrative of not good enough, we're reinforcing that belief within ourselves of not good enough. And this internal belief um, really comes from um, what I call the inner mean girl voice. And she develops over time, just like our exposure to the diet industry kind of like reinforces our belief of not good enough over time. And 
she is really there to actually protect us and to keep us safe. So she might be super nasty, super loud and tell us things that we don't necessarily like. But what she's trying to do is she's trying to keep our circumstances predictable and predictable is safe, right? So she reinforces this whole predictable belief of we're not good enough and you know we need to change something about ourselves we need to lose weight or you know um have more money or I don't know whatever it is fill in the blank and really it's these two factors the internal and the external that are working together to keep us really stuck in this kind of Um, narrative of not good enough, buying into things that we don't necessarily need or that's helpful for us and just making us feel like crap, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So this is why my work, I look at both the physical aspects like nutrition uh, nutrition and movement, but also the mindset piece. What are we telling ourselves what are the stories that we have around our bodies um around who we are as women um and really rewriting those to make us feel better and um before we started recording you said something that really resonated and that was moving the needle just that little bit further to help us feel good and really that's i think that's the goal with reclaiming unconditional love for our bodies it's not necessarily this whole toxic body positivity of you know faking it um when we feel absolutely rubbish about ourselves it's moving that needle one percent more so that we just feel that little bit better about ourselves and over time that one percent can move from zero to five percent from zero to 10%. And it's that kind of consistent moving the needle to help us feel better. That is the secret to really reclaiming unconditional love for our bodies. It's not a matter of, you know, a one and done, oh, I don't love my body to, I absolutely love every aspect of me. It's this kind of path of gradually um, reclaiming that um, love that we do, that we are born with, right? Um, and rebelling against that in a mean girl and the diet industry. You said so many good things and my head is spinning with like, ooh, (laughs) Um, I really need to put on my Oprah hat and get really aligned with my questions. I love that you make her into this like other person or this alter ego almost. I love the idea of alter ego, but my alter ego isn't my better self. <laughs> so I love that. Like, cause I do, I feel like I could tap into that all the time. Like I was joking with you. I was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm channeling. Um, and to me, that's like that one version of myself. And I do believe that we're multidimensional. So then there is that other like version. Um, so I like taking it off of myself and putting it into her. Cause then it's like, now I can step back and like, get that self-awareness that's hard sometimes when you're in the moment so when we first met I was like oh let me go like study her social media to see if her friends or not and you had this one post that really and it's old I think it's from uh 2021 so if you don't remember I'm gonna remind you but that's how deep I was <laughs> and I love what you said about because one of my favorite mm, I don't know I'll just call her an influencer I used to always say like abs 
aren't made in the gym, they're made in the kitchen. And I have this, and this is one of my mantras for 2023 is I am good at food. And it's funny that you said the word good too. That's like my mind's like all over the place. Cause I think when we're starting at zero or where we're starting at where we're quote unquote bad, then we just want to be the opposite, which is good. Um, So I have a love hate relationship with that word, but she always said that. And then you said, which I love because I think it's so true for so many areas of her life where you were like, it's not made in the kitchen. It's not made in the gym. It's made with your thoughts or mindset. And I was just like, Oh, Lizzie, I love that so much. Yeah. And I think really, um, what I didn't realize for a very long time is the power of, of our words, of our mindset. Um, as you say, like, there are certain words that have a lot of power over us, like whether or not it's good or bad, um, especially when it comes to food, there's a lot of judgment over that. Um, and so just being really curious with how we speak, um, both internally and externally, can be a really great step at just being aware of um, where we're kind of um putting ourselves down and when we have that awareness then we can start to make changes but if we're not even aware of um, where we're using our words um, in a way that is bringing us down we can't really start to make those changes and and practice that that self-love this is why I'm obsessed with podcasting is I would literally in a couple episodes ago was like literally self, it was a solo episode. And I was like, literally started self-coaching because like, you're just talking, I'm just talking and like, I'm processing. And I was like, oh my God, like, why did I just say that? And I like literally like self-coach myself on that episode, just like live. Cause it's like, this is it. This is like the mastering the basics, right? Like, I love what you said about like the micro actions and the baby steps and and I think this probably resonates with you too, being the like, I'm going to get up early and I'm going to crush my to-do list. The fucking to-do list never ends. And for those of us that are like, like that or li- thrive or think we thrive in that space, like I don't give the micro habits and the micro actions enough credit because when you're a go-getter, overachiever, whatever that archetype is. Like, it's always got to be over the top. Everything has to be big. It's something that's outside of you. It's something that you don't know. It couldn't be the small little intuitive hit of, oh, my body wants this or my body doesn't want this. Absolutely. And we see it all the time, like, especially in January, where people make news (laughs) and we're like, all right, we're going to do all of the things. Let's go. Um, And yes, it might work for a week or two, but it's just so unsustainable. Um, And that, I think, is another way that we can kind of self-sabotage is like we set ourselves up by trying to do all the things. And inevitably, we aren't there yet so by you know taking things like a micro habit at a time this is actually another way that we can practice more self-compassion and and self-love and honoring ourselves um but it is it is a practice because as you say you know we've been doing this for years decades and so it can feel very um, uncomfortable to almost take things down um and back to basics we can kind of like get a little bit impatient um 
that word has been associated with me many times. Um, <laughs> so I've got like, yeah, get a little bit itchy and just kind of go, no, 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 I need to do more. I need to do more and try to pile more stuff on ourselves. But actually, um, what I find is my most successful clients are the ones who kind of like um, do it bit by bit by bit and build up those habits over time. Um, and that takes a lot of, as I say, self-compassion um, and realizing that, okay, it might feel harder to begin with, but as we do anything, as we practice anything, we become more skilled at it. Um, just like moving through the inner mean girl talk. Yes, it might take more effort to begin with, but over time it gets easier and easier um, to do so it's like it's almost like we're breaking out of the habit yes. of overdoing right mm -hmm. um and I think that's really that's another essential element of just really honoring ourselves and being more kind yes um I was joking with you about the inner mean girl so big bitch energy is the style for life energy meaning when I really came up with not came up with that because it sounds like it's amazing but it was really like big because I was so tired of um, like living your best life phrase, which I mean, yeah, I think you should. But the Aquarian in me was like, okay, this is hit mass and now I'm done. <laughs> like anytime right. you yeah. hit mass, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm on to the next thing. I was like, yeah. okay, what's the next thing? And so I also like big because I think like as women, it's like if we have a big personality or we have a big body or we have big hair or we have something big, it's intimidating or we have big ideas or whatever. So like I loved that. And then big bitch for me was the reclaiming of the word bitch. And like, I don't care. Like that's one that like call me a bitch. I don't give a fuck. Um, reclaiming that and what people think that means. So kind of like big reclaiming that and then bitch. And then of course it's the energy, right? Cause I really believe that everything is energy. So every time you say little, uh, I mean, inner mean girl, I'm like, okay, that's little bitch Katie talking. <laughs> yeah. Sit down. <laughs> yeah. She can't sit. She can't sit with us. Not, <laughs> not at this table. Um, and I love the concept of big bitch energy because I think as women, we, again, like one of the, the spells that we're under um, from a very young age is that um, we should be small and quiet and being big and um, outspoken is we're being too much or we're being, you know, I don't know, extra. And this is something that I think limits a lot of women and are... Um, potential to really just be authentically ourselves um and I think that is why um I think clothing is a really accessible way of being authentically ourselves of em embracing that big bitch energy it's a very easy physical way to um to embody that archetype oh god that. let's talk about that <laughs> yes let's talk about that Let's talk about the rebellious act of getting dressed for yourself. I want to put that yes. disclaimer in there. That's another one of my, if, if I had a dollar for every time I hear, I want to work with you and I lose weight or why am I going to get dressed up? Cause no one sees me. Cause yes, I realized that I started a styling business in the pandemic, but that's what saved me in the pandemic was getting dressed. By getting dressed, I really mean taking a shower and putting on <laughs> 
I wasn't like wearing stilettos and tight dresses in my home every day, but I was being intentional around like the colors, um, the lipstick, you know, I mean, I'm recording this right now. I don't even have a bra on, but I feel put together and I feel comfortable and I feel like I dress for myself in that regard. Um, like you were talking earlier about words have so much more power than we know. I think clothes do. I think the colors that we surround ourselves, I think the quality of our clothes, the texture of our clothes, like our clothes make sounds all day. And we interact with our five senses all day, every day. So I just had to put that um, framework around getting dressed for yourself and why it's rebellious. So take us through that chapter. Yeah. So that's, um, I think it's rebellious act number nine of 12. And I love what you said about like, it's how it, it's how it makes you feel. So it could be taking a shower. It could be wearing red lipstick. It could be, um, dressing in, you know, your favorite jumper, um, or sweatshirt. Sorry. (laughs) I love it. I do like a translate. Um, So yeah, it's it's not necessarily what you're doing. It's how what you're doing makes you feel. Yes. So um, I think there are, again, like I feel a lot of women have these unwritten rules for themselves that they need to dress up for other people, that um, maybe they have to always look dressed up in front of their partner that was a big one for me that I wanted to let go of um I actually share in in the book um I think it's in another chapter how I always used to get um a fake tan because when I moved from California uh from England to California I felt very self-conscious about my skin tone and I felt like I was pale and washed out and so I got this spray tan every single week but then COVID hit and everything closed and I had this huge emotional breakdown panic attack that brought me out in a rash in front of my then boyfriend now husband about being visible and being myself Um, and this really kind of sparked actually my journey into the mindset piece because it wasn't necessarily how how I looked, but it's how I felt and how I was using um, certain things, including the tan, but also my clothing as a way to cover up who I really was and not really express who I am underneath. And I felt like I had to hide under this mask. So really the chapter about dressing up or down is about honoring the fact that yes, it's okay to want to dress up and look amazing um, in front of other people, but it's also okay to dress down and just, you know, do you. Like, I love wearing leggings and a comfortable sweater and that makes me feel great. I am a Taurus. I love being comfortable um, and that suits me and, and that feels good to me, but it might be different to another one. Um, and that's okay. Um, and I think really how we adorn our bodies is such a important honoring of our, our personalities. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love what you also said about color. Like we can use color so, um, easily to channel a certain vibe or an energy and that can make us feel 
good or make us feel a certain way too. I remember um, when I was suffering from my eating disorder, so as a teenager, I had a 10-year um, eating disorder. I suffered from anorexia. I would only wear black. And I, this was a, a subconscious thing. Um, didn't realize that I was doing it. But I remember, I haven't shared this story actually. So this is this is. So I remember being in the hospital and they, uh, the psychologist did this um, experiment where I um, asked people um, about a photo of me and said, you know, what do you see in this photo? And the most common um, comment that came back was, she's wearing black. It would be so much nicer if she could, if she could wear color to really express her true personality um and that really I think that really stayed with me and now I'm on this call and I'm wearing white which is kind of ironic um but I think you know it really does have a powerful um influence subconsciously um with regard to how we're feeling in ourselves Oh, absolutely. I love that story so much. And the stylist in me, I can see where the black would totally wash you out and you would use it to hide. Um, but power uh, colors are so powerful. To me, they're just like the words. Like, And I was a marketer in a past life. Well, I guess I still am, but I was a marketer by trade, I guess, for 20 years. It's so subliminal. Like there's so much that goes into it and they spark emotions. We actually let off chemical releases in our brain based on colors. So like orange, which I've blessed you with today, Lizzie, um, let's off your, one of your biggest dopamine releasing colors is orange and it gets, makes you feel happy because a lot of things in life that are orange, like flowers and like things that we associate with joyfulness and stuff like that. So juicy. Um, I love this. And what kicked up for me when I was listening to you talk, so like we're in different phases in life, right? Like you're newly married, you have fur babies. I'm on the other side of being married. It's not new. And I almost have a 14-year-old, right? So like different phases of life and you go through. And this is why I think the getting dressed is so powerful is how we feel and what lights us up and how we want to dress is going to be different, I think, like based on our seasons. So like I challenge, I attract a lot of women who are closer to my age, probably have kids who haven't dressed up, haven't given themselves the permission to dress up because they forgot how to dress after they had a kid or their body's not the same because they've had a kid. So now they hide behind their clothes. I have on leggings right now. I get it. Leggings are amazing, but this is why I always go back to the intention. Are you wearing the leggings and the sweater because you're not allowing yourself to get dressed it's easy it's comfortable it's of course it's comfortable but because you've not given yourself the time space energy to get dressed or are you like damn it i have been dressing up for 20 years in my corporate job and i'm gonna wear fucking leggings every day like what is it like get so serious with yourself and like just ask yourself and for me this comes up a lot like if you find yourself in a lot of victim energy and you feel like you're the martyr and like, especially for those of us that have kids. Oh, I lived there for a long time. It was like, I can't get dressed because I have kids. No, you can. You have to prioritize that. Right. I mean, it's really going back to your stories, right? Like what is yes. the story behind your wardrobe? Yes. Um, and I feel like, well, there's two pieces. I, I love that you mentioned the whole martyr piece because that's also something that I think um, – a lot of women can 
relate to and maybe they don't call themselves martyrs but they can feel like they're last on the priority list right and I think what can be really powerful is setting aside some time to prioritize yourself whether or not that is as I as I do in the morning you know it it can't it doesn't necessarily have to be like a whole two-hour routine it can just be five minutes Mm -hmm. it can be so so powerful to physically put yourself first in the morning it might be five minutes to go pick out an outfit that you love or to you know spend time like shampooing and conditioning your hair um or it could be like I don't know, setting aside an hour to do like a wardrobe audit audit, and go through your clothes and go, oh, okay, so what is the story behind me keeping this item of clothing? Is it making me feel good? Like are those, um, you know, gray-looking socks going to make me feel my best or am I going to get rid of them? Um, And just kind of like do that you know, set aside a time to just kind of like do a one-off kind of bulk self-care practice Mm -hmm. of auditing your clothes and going like, is this really aligned to this big bitch energy to (laughs) feeling good in my body? And just having that is kind of like your sacred self-care time. Yes. I love that. I love, um, you'd also like mention the word adorn. That's one of my favorite words is adorn. And I use my getting dressed time in the morning as like my ritual. Like I have my morning time in the morning where I'm obviously not dressed, like journaling and stuff. And then when I do my hair and makeup, like everyone knows I'm a house. And I actually have my makeup down to 10 minutes, like, because it's something that I'm passionate about. And it's like, I know exactly it's a whole routine, (laughs) but like even when my husband and I go on date night, like it's a ritual for me. Like no one's allowed. He knows we have very strict rules. No one's allowed to be in the bedroom. No one's allowed to be in the bathroom. Like the door is locked. This is mama's time. Like my husband be like, when are you getting ready? I just need to know. (laughs) Like when am I allowed to take a shower? (laughs) I love that. I love that because that is, that's boundaries right there. Mm -hmm. Right? Like you're setting like boundaries of like, I'm blocking off this time and this space for me. And I think that is a way to kind of like get out of that kind of martyrdom, lack of prioritizing yourself and and low self-worth is to actually kind of like set those boundaries. Um, And that's great that your husband asks you, you know, can I, can I come in and like take a shower? Like when, when am I able to do that? Because like that we're teaching people like either consciously or subconsciously how to treat us um, when we are setting these kind of boundaries and how we're behaving and how we're treating our bodies. So I think it's really healthy to, you know, have rituals like that Um, because, you know, again, like going back to practice, the more that we do these things, the more, we're chipping away at those old stories and shocking those out and replacing them with healthier, um, more just higher vibe feelings, behaviors, and um, making us feel better about ourselves. Yeah, I think that's the key to life. Like I was walking with my husband today and I was like, this is it. This is why I'm so glad I have such a good sense of humor because <laughs> this shit never stops. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it doesn't stop. And I think that's, that's something that took a, took a long time to, to realize too, is that, you know, we, we're constantly learning and growing and 
being in different seasons of our lives, you know, pregnancy, motherhood, menopause, all of these things are going to change our bodies physically um, and therefore may kind of like present certain um, different um, challenges or, you know, thoughts about who we are, our identity and like um, how we want to treat our bodies. And so I think it's, it is that recognition of it's not necessarily like a one and done thing. Um, and to just kind of keep realigning to in the moment, how are we feeling as yes. opposed to looking around us and going like, Oh, I should be there. Or I'll remember when I was like this oh. before I had kids or, you know, before this or that, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of, again, realigning to the present and what's going to make me feel good right now. Mm-hmm. I I love that you brought that up. We talk about that a lot too, like the nostalgia and how you delete those negative memories or those negative parts of your life. Remember my husband and I fantasizing around this one phase of our life. And we're like, God, if we could just go back. And I was like, yeah, we didn't enjoy it. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Because this and this. <laughs> 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 we didn't enjoy it. And I love that you brought that up. Just one more thing on like the clothes thing that I think is really important is I I think our clothes hold energy and we don't give ourselves self space to evolve. And every day when you're checking in on like, does that feel good or not? Like I have a client, my very first client actually um, shared this with me. We were talking, we're doing all this work. And she said, well, I started keeping a Goodwill um, bag in my closet because now I am thinking about when I look at these clothes, like, does it make this, it feel like this version of me? And when we're going through those, those micro habits, right? Like you said, they're micro habits every day. So every day you don't think like, oh, this orange sweater like makes me happy. In six months, it might not because you have micro habited baby steps and has changed so much in those six months. And I always tell people, I'm like, let your style evolve because you've changed. Your clothes are going to change too. And that's my other one when people are like, well, I'm saving these for when I lose weight. And I'm like, on the other side of the woman who's going to lose those 20 pounds, you're not going to be the same woman you were when you weighed that the last time you weighed that, right? Like whether it's having a baby or pandemic, right? Like I gained 20 pounds in the pandemic. If I lose those 20 pounds and get back to my pre-pandemic weight, clearly I will not be the same woman that I was before the pandemic, post the pandemic. I don't want to wear her clothes. Right. Exactly. And I feel like having, like holding on to something that isn't current, like you're living in a time that doesn't even exist. Mm. You're not mm-hmm. present to who you are right now. And you're kind of, it's, it's this comparison game of, well, I'm here right now. Um, and I want to be, here and that can kind of suck a lot of joy out of our everyday lives like I I understand why women do it like so the idea of motivation but again it's going back to well how can I feel good about myself right now um and when we feel good about ourselves we're more likely to feel motivated to do things um, as opposed to doing it from a kind of more negative place of, well, I'm not here yet um, and I don't have this and I don't have that and just being um, present to, okay, like, am I am I making myself feel good and filling myself up and filling up my cup um, 
energetically so that I can go and achieve what I want to achieve. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, to me, <laughs> I think it makes sense. <laughs> I'm joking. It makes sense because we're thinking it and living it and sharing it and someone needs to receive it today. And that's what I love about being on a show up in this space. So before I let you go, I have to ask, is there another rebellious act in the book that you really want to shine light on that's like super important? Maybe it's really been resonating with the ladies that you're working with and things like that. Like I said, um, I believe that what we're experiencing or what we're hearing a lot is something that needs to be shared with everybody because most likely like lots of people are feeling that same way too. Absolutely. I mean, we've touched on a lot. We touched on kind of rewriting the story, prioritizing ourselves, learning a comparison, dressing up and dressing down. Um, But I think a huge part, and I, I think I say this in the book, is having a cheer squad and being able to go on this journey with a support team that's going to be there cheering you on. They don't do the thing for you. But just like if you're going to run a marathon, you have a support team there, like by your side, like celebrating the wins, like getting you through the challenges. And I think that's so important, especially after the last couple of years where we felt maybe disconnected. And also, especially for women, where I feel like there is this underlying current of trying to keep us separate, trying to keep us competing. And I just love being able to connect with women like yourself who are champion, championing other women and other um, people to really mm, just support one another. And I think that is really invaluable when we're reclaiming unconditional love through our body or, you know, reclaiming that big bitch energy. Um, or rebelling that- against a norm or your society or your culture, which is exactly why I am just in the beginning stages of launching my style squad community. Cause that's it. It's you nailed it. I was thinking about this today because the word I keep using are like, Oh, I, I really want to be around women who are living out of box, like, you know, out of the box lifestyles. But I think it's the rebel energy. It's the, like, I'm rebelling against this thing that you told me I should feel or do. And that's not, there's really not one way to do anything. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And I think the more that we connect and talk about this together, the more it becomes even more possible. So, yeah. So reclaim your rebel, squad up, step into your big bitch energy. Don't need a spray tan anymore. I love that story. That's so juicy. Because uh, we've all had those moments where you're like, ah. Oh, and my other big one is um, holy underwear. So like you mentioned like you're cleaning out your closet. Like if you could do one small thing is get amazing underwear underneath those yes. that are super comfortable. Yes. Yeah. I know I, that's one there. thing that I, I actually committed to doing when I was like 16 years old. I heard like French women are really... Um, uh, diligent with that underwear and I will always match my underwear. So that's like one thing that I do do. And it gives you so much confidence. Yes. Really. yes. So you can have on your jumper and your leggings, but as long as you have on amazing underwear, like you can do anything. And that's it. It's really the energy that you bring to whatever the outfit is or the day or the nutrition, the movement, like it's all around the intention. 
This is amazing. I feel like we have so many other questions um, that I have for you. I could talk to you all day ever since I first met you. Um, it's been amazing connecting. How can everybody find you? Um, yeah, the best place. Um, well, first of all, thank you again for having me. Um, it's been awesome, you know, being able to chat with you and connect. And hopefully your listeners found you know our conversation juicy um and if they want to continue connecting with me um but probably the best place is instagram i'm at nutrition by lizzie and lizzie's spelled with a y um and if they dm me um with the word gift i'll give them a um, hundred dollars off coaching with me um so yeah just you know reach out on instagram let me know how this episode landed with you and yeah let's let's keep connecting and reclaiming unconditional love for our bodies Yes, I love that. I love that. Like unconditional love for ourselves, our bodies, all of it. Awesome, Lizzie. Well, thanks for being on the show. I had so much fun connecting. Thank you.